Welcome to B2B Marketing Needs Don Draper, brought to you by True. For too long, B2B has lacked creativity and inspiration, leading to alarming declines in effectiveness and marketing departments being slowly devalued more and more within their organizations. We're here to change that by getting under the skin of what it really means to be a highly effective B2B marketer. We'll be speaking to some of the brightest minds in the industry to discuss what they're doing to be a bit more, well, Don Draper. And now, here's your host, Stuart Black. Joining us today on B2B Needs Don Draper is Michael Boutineff, Director of Integrated Marketing Strategy at SVB, which was formerly known as Silicon Valley Bank. SVB helps founders of high-growth tech businesses achieve their often very ambitious goals. Michael has a background in growth marketing and brand building, spanning both B2C and B2B industries, having worked at both startups and Fortune 500 companies. Prior to SVP, he held senior roles at MasterCard and IBM, to name just a few. So, Michael Butinev, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. So firstly then, what does being a bit more Don Draper mean to you? Uh, you know, I was a huge fan of the show. So in, in my mind, I always envisioned Don uh, always in a suit. Uh, drink in one hand, maybe a cigar in the other. But beyond that, it's also you know being very intimately connected with the deepest desires and wants and the psyche of the man or the woman you're trying to speak to as a marketer or advertiser. Absolutely, it sounds very very suave. But you know, easier said than done. And I'm sure we're going to get into how you do it. Um, so you've led marketing at major Fortune 500 businesses and right at the other end of the scale at startups. So what's been your approach to driving B2B growth for businesses at such very different stages? Yeah, you know, um, they're indeed very different challenges to deal with. Whether you're building a brand from scratch and trying to build a pipeline from scratch, you only have so much runway with the budget you have. So you have to be much more targeted. You might have to focus on shorter term gains to uh, drive the revenue to sustain the business. But hopefully you get to the point where you start being able to do more than that, invest in longer term strategies that help you start building, you know, building a moat around your brand. And that's where it gets exciting, I imagine. Absolutely. That's where it gets, you know, you, you can be more creative. You could be more, um, even more targeted. You can really branch out in two very different directions in a more expensive way. And what are you responsible right now for in your role? Uh, so right now as a, uh, you know, integrated marketing strategy director, um, it's really owning uh, event marketing, channel marketing, content marketing, all the marketing, a 360 degree view of a specific segment, which uh, I own as a marketing leader uh, at SVB. That segment is the uh, growth or accelerator stage startup company. These are companies that have already received their first round of funding. So they're growing extremely quickly. And the CFOs or the finance teams are now dealing with very different challenges than they were when they were still startups shopping around in an idea to different venture capital companies. And and you've recently joined SVB. Um, what's the company been doing to grow brand awareness with your target audience? Well, we actually recently just launched a new brand um, uh, just recently, three months ago, and that campaign is running today. Um, and a lot of that is focused on telling the story of how SVB has grown. About 30 or 40 years ago, SVB started truly as a bank focused on startups exclusively and it became known as the bank for startups and in reality it's actually matured quite a bit beyond that 
Uh, so a lot of our marketing and advertising is focused on telling that broader story, uh, which has really become bigger and better and, and much more true with every year that we build that out. And you mentioned this uh, slightly earlier, but let's get into it a bit more. How exactly are you balancing the pressure of delivering growth in the short term with that ex- more exciting, more creative building of the brand for tomorrow? For me, you know, as I focus on my segment, of course, we want to build our brand. We want to build a, a deep awareness within the segment that we're targeting of what SVB can do for them and their business. Uh, but we also want to build pipeline. Uh, but we also want to make sure we are retaining the clients we have. That's so extremely important, especially in SVB's line of work. Uh, we've really built a, a very solid business within this niche that we have focused on as a bank. Um, it, you know, it's impressive. We are now the number 14 bank in the U.S. in terms of asset size. Um, that's above Morgan Stanley. It's above HSBC. And that's really surprising when you think about that and hear about that because Everyone knows Morgan Stanley. Everyone knows HSBC. Not everyone knows uh, uh, SVB, but that's because we've been very successful with with the niche we built. So that strategy of being hyper-focused on a very specific needs, very specific segment, that's not going to stop in any way. And so achieving that balance between brand marketing, making sure we maintain that strategic advantage we've already invested decades building, but also continuing to grow pipeline. hugely important for us because there are quite a few competitors having seen our success that are trying to now enter that market as well. And you can't do one without the other. Absolutely. And how important is it for you to grow beyond that niche and and reach the, the broader public, for example, uh, getting that name recognition that com- companies like H- HSBC already have? Uh, is that something you aspire to? You know, as I mentioned, being known as the bank for startups that has been a strategic advantage as companies begin to mature and they go public, they go IPO. That's where we want to make sure we retain clients beyond, uh, beyond their startup status. Now we are looking into more corporate banking clients. We're looking into private wealth business. How do we serve the CEO, CMO, CFO with their own personal banking needs? Uh, how do we get into securities businesses, et cetera? We want to make sure now that as companies, uh, continue their life cycle journey from startup to Series A, Series B, Series C, to IPO, to being acquired. Um, we want to own that business. You know, th- those are huge business opportunities. And that's one of the reasons why SVB over the last couple of years has acquired businesses that have uh, have those different capabilities and different um, um, service lines, et cetera. So we've really grown as a company beyond the bank for startups, but we need to tell that story. Um, so that, that, that's a, that's a brand challenge to make sure people understand that we're more than you understood we were say 10 years ago, five years ago. And how do you balance that, uh, retention versus the winning of new customers? How do you, how do you have both of those going on at the same time? In in, in my case, I I am very closely partnered with the, the business teams that I focused on. So there is a, there's an entire team that's dedicated to managing relationships with our growth stage uh, startups. So when I'm determining my budget split between these different initiatives, whether it's brand building, uh, you know, launching a thought leadership campaign to signal our expertise in the industry versus straight up lead generation, getting names in the door that we can um, uh, prospect and hopefully win new deals with, where I'm turning the dial on where I'm sending money to which campaigns and how I'm investing in which tactics, it's very much 
something I do in an aligned way in partnership with my uh, business partner. And different teams at SVB will have different goals. So, uh, for example, the brand team, of course, very much focused on telling that brand story. For a team that's trying to build market share with a particular segment, that might be more of a pipeline growth initiative. And that might be a much heavier up advertising spend because, hey, we're trying to reach um, new startups that might not have heard of SVB before because they're literally college kids in a garage who aren't uh, aren't even in tune with what banking options they have. So it really depends on the goals that you, with your business partner, set and uh, how you decide to focus your what you can do in a given year. And and talking about those different segments, why do brand marketers and B two B businesses tend to struggle relative to their performance marketing colleagues? What are the brand marketeers doing wrong? That's such a great question. I think a lot of that is due to the evolution of the marketing tech stack over the last ten to twenty years. You know, we can track everything. Uh, we can track from the click to the open to the impression to how far someone scrolls on a page, um, lead management uh, through every stage, ABM marketing, where we can actually target people as they're traversing through the internet and interweb and metaverse. You know, it's only going to get more complicated as the metaverses launch. It requires such a complicated marketing tech stack to do that, that, you know, launching new capabilities, monitoring those capabilities and making those capabilities more and more efficient has just become a huge job. And brand marketing is a little more difficult. It's it's hard to measure the impact you're making on one's psyche. Uh, you know, what is their impression of your brand? Is it favorable or not favorable? There's some signals you can look at and manage to do that, but it's a little difficult, a little more difficult to quantify. And therefore it's a little more difficult sometimes to justify uh, brand marketing spend. Whereas uh, somebody running a search campaign can say, hey, look, 50K will get you this and 100K will get you this. Please give me my money and sign the check. Great, I can do that. It's always a little more difficult for someone who has a less palpable outcome and less guaranteeable outcome, quite frankly. Uh, if, if, you, if you're about to launch a campaign with a creative element to it, you can't guarantee that it's going to work because, again, that's a very subjective thing. You might run focus groups to test a concept, but at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's far less predictable than say turning the dial on a programmatic display campaign so it's, it's um you, you have to fight a little harder to to justify a brand campaign absolutely and how do you sell that to the higher ups what how, how much risk is too much risk yeah you know um i, I think the reality is that there are a number of studies that just show that uh you know more pipeline driven legion driven campaigns tend to be shorter term uh, strategies and tactics that do drive pipeline, but the brand building impact of those tend to be lost pr uh, pretty soon after. You know, um, there's a great study, and I wish you could remember <laughs> which university it was that ran it. it might have been Harvard, it might have been somebody else, but they showed they measured the impact of short term pipeline uh, driven campaigns, focus campaigns versus brand building campaigns over time. And the, the conclusion to oversimplify here a little bit was that brand building campaigns truly incrementally drove value over time. Uh, that and, and those gains stick to your brand and to your logo. Um, so the I remember this, the conclusion from that study was you need to do both. You need to continuously drive your pipeline, but you also need to build your brand. So at the same time, you're you're getting that incremental 
uh, brand um, awareness and brand growth, which over time starts building a defensible position for your brand, which in effect helps all of your other campaigns flow. And that's like, that's the traditional idea of the halo, right? The immeasurable halo, <laughs> which is there. We all know it's there. It's just very hard to see it with our eyes and ears and measuring tools. Yeah, it makes it very tricky, doesn't it? But let's talk about um, a concrete example uh, from your time at MasterCard, uh, the City Possible campaign. That involved two initiatives, uh, a performance campaign and a brand campaign. Can you sort of delineate that for us? I can, I can. You know, I, I love, my time at MasterCard was wonderful because I worked on very different campaigns. One that was purely brand building and not pi pipeline growth generated and one that was 100% pipeline growth generated. So uh, yeah, I'll, I'll share the two examples. So one, I, I worked with a team. Uh, they were a team focused on building MasterCard's uh, footprint within the local government space. And at the time, MasterCard back in 2018 or 2017 would show up at these smart city events and people would literally walk into MasterCard's booth and ask, why are you here? <laughs> You're a credit card company. Why are you trying to talk to the mayors of cities? And, you know, and that was an understandable challenge and a totally valid question. In reality, MasterCard was there selfishly a little bit because it had a big business and launching payment uh, solutions for transit agencies that were helping cities launch, you know, public bus transportation and subway transportation, et cetera. And they saw an opportunity to grow that beyond that with cities such as identification cards, you know, where, where else can payments be used of financial aid programs that cities were launching. So that was why they were trying to get in. But how does MasterCard make it for a, we launched something called City Possible, which was essentially a, the vision was uh, a global network of cities where cities would gather and convene periodically to share challenges that they all had together and to share solutions that they were testing and piloting with other cities. And it was a wonderful thing because cities are not really competitive entities. They're very much collaborative. They love to hear what their peers were doing. Um, so th that was the idea. In 2018, we launched City Possible with 18 founding cities. And it did extremely well. When I launched Master, when I left Mastercard in 2022, this year, uh, there were over 300 cities that had joined this global network, and the booth was just such a hive of activity. I mean, literally, I remember in, in the last uh, event we ran in Barcelona at Smart Cities Barcelona, this huge a conglomerate of 30 mayors from Brazil all came into the booth at the same time to witness the signing of one of their member cities that were joining the global network. Like we had created this huge, uh, number one, community. We created this moment in time when cities would join. It was like there was a signing. We'd make a press release out of it. It was just really this celebratory moment. But there was nothing transactional about these moments. We weren't generating leads. We were truly building relationships, building communities. And the idea was doing that automatically put our foot in the door when those cities needed help with financial aid programs. How do I, you know, COVID launched. It was amazing. In 2021, 2020, when COVID happened and cities were like, my goodness, I need to send aid to people who no longer have jobs, but I don't want them walking in person to these locations to physically get payments because that's a COVID risk, you know, especially early on in COVID, you know, we, we just didn't know what was risky and not risky. So finding a digital means to do so through a card or through an ID suddenly became very important. And we were literally approached. We had an inbound 
problem <laughs> and not really a problem, but in other words, so many cities that we had built these relationships with, they were coming to us because we had built that trust, we built those relationships, et cetera. So that, that's, City Possible is a wonderful example of a brand building, community building initiative that truly reaped rewards, uh, but it's a long-term play, right? That was a two, three year long initiative. That was not a, hey, let's build leads, through a month-long campaign and run, run a nurture campaign in Salesforce or Marketo over the next month after that and see what happens. So on the other side of the fence, uh, in a, a totally different story, I worked with um, uh, the B2B travel team. And this is a team that worked with creating payment solutions for airlines and uh, travel intermediaries, such as, you know, uh, iTravely or Orbitz's or Expedia's, those companies. So that's, that's sort of the segment we were trying to penetrate. And we ran a 100% ABM-focused campaign, lead generation. It was actually uh, interesting. I, I should mention, when we built that campaign, it was ABM, account-based marketing. But 50% of the campaign's budget was actually invested in the ABM campaign. But 50% of our marketing was invested in more brand building, but very targeted at the segment we were trying to reach. So even though it was ABM, there was a brand component to it that was spanned, uh, paid search, paid social and programmatic media. But 99% of the leads were generated actually through the ABM tactics. So again, we were trying to build that halo and uh, drive leads. So th that was a wonderful story in that that team had really, uh, th that business B2B travel team had really only up to that point understood marketing to be logos and sales decks. You know, they weren't really accustomed to running campaigns. So when we pitched this idea of running a 200K campaign, <laughs> it was kind of a, we really didn't know if they were going to buy into it. But this was, again, a business partner who we were very much aligned with, who understood us. We understood their needs. They trusted in us and they invested in the campaign. And we ran it and it became a huge success. So much so that um, it drove a volume of really high quality leads that they ended up having to build you know, expand their sales force around to accommodate. So that, that was a much more like pipeline growth story, you know, that drove that need, that drove the campaign build, but that led to a pretty cool success story. And with those two successful projects, what takeaways do you, do you take from MasterCard and, and bring into your new role? Uh, you, you know, I, I think the importance of that, of brand building in any campaign, you know, you know, you, you never want to do, well, I shouldn't say never. I shouldn't say never, but you should always strongly consider a brand building component to any initiative. Um, in your organization, if there is a team handling that or investing heavily in brand building of some kind, great. Maybe you don't need to do that as much, but still, I would argue that with the specific segment you're focused on, there probably is a slightly different story that you would be telling versus just the big corporate brand story. So I think question one is, you know, what is the right split? Um, you know, in, in an ideal situation, you'd have this wonderful treasure chest of budget, uh, you know, that you can use very often. We're all limited beyond that. So it's, um, you know, working with your business partner to determine what is the pipeline I need to generate, determining what that investment should look like from a part pipeline perspective, and then trying to invest something in brand building as well to build a halo that will, at the end of the day, in the long term, help your pipeline growth tactics down the road. Uh, so I, I think it's important to invest in both to some degree. 
So let's talk about how you choose those uh, big campaigns. Some might say the best ideas are contrarian ideas. Um, you talked about working with partners to make sure you get the right campaign for them. Uh, if if you do embrace contrarian ideas, uh, what what give us some examples of some that you might have encountered and pushed through in your uh, career? Yeah, you know. Um the two, <laughs> I don't want to talk about the two at MasterCard again, because those, those two honestly were very different. You know, building a network of city leaders that, that was so out there, honestly, when it was invented, most people just didn't understand it. Like, you know, what are you talking about? Like, we're, we're pretty accustomed to having a salesperson try to get a phone call on the board with a C-level person, walk in the door and give a presentation you know, give, deliver the value prop message and hope there's a follow-up. Uh, and that is something that's measurable, short-term, et cetera. A two to three year long strategy strategy of engaging the public sector, that's, that, that sounds very scary <laughs> and, and very not guaranteeable. Um, you know, fortunately, I, I got to say a lot, a lot of the success of that was due to having brought in someone who's already embedded in that community. We actually brought someone who is the CTO uh, of cities uh, in his past life. So that came with a lot of credibility. So you, you always hope when you have something that's totally contrary and you can bring some anchor of hope, uh, whether it's somebody who's done it before, whether there's uh, an industry that you point to with a success story, you know, case studies are always so important, whether you're a marketer using a case study to pitch something or whether there's a case study that tells you, hey, there's a reason to believe here. Because there are, look, we're always bombarded with lots of shining objects um, um, and told that this is the best new shiny thing. And a lot of it is is BS, but a lot, some of it is true. And sticking out in the clutter of the market that we're all competing in is so incredibly important. Otherwise, if you're just doing a very basic, you know, a basic white paper that tells the same story that 20 other ad agencies are telling, you're just going to get lost in the clutter. So something that's contrarian is extremely important to just make someone stop and give pause and listen to the message you're telling and hopefully think about what you have to say just for a moment. It's, just, it's that moment that you're fighting for in that first touch point in your journey of your advertising campaign. Interesting. And let's talk more about advertising then and how you put that in the mix. Obviously in your previous roles, you've, you, you, you've, you've made that quite an important part. Uh, is that something that you're keen on at the moment and how can B2B marketers in general better use advertising to achieve their goals? Yeah, so 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 advertising, you know, that that means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Um, but I think most commonly, advertising is like a purely brand story. I, I, when 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 people speak about us, I, I usually think like a, a big brand campaign that's uh, trying to position you relative to your competition in a new, unique way in, a, in an upper left or upper right quadrant. Um, and it, it can be extremely important if you're. Um, the, the more of a commodity product or service you deliver, the more important it is to build your brand because you've got to market beyond the value, just the pure straight up value prop message of your brand. It's it's the personality of your brand. It's how do you tap into the uh, people who are trying to be more handsome, more attractive, more successful, more, you know, whatever that psyche is you're trying to tap into, that's when advertising becomes extremely important. You're trying to connect with the psyche of the, of the brand you're connecting to. And I think uh, 
that can be extremely important. You know, advertising is a component of your strategy, but it's it's it should be tied to your content strategy, your thought leadership strategy, and then you know the pipeline strategy that hopefully falls at the tail end of all those initiatives. None of it should be executed in a silo. Fascinating. Uh, now you've worked across famous B two C and B two B brands. Which principles from B two C apply to the way we build B two B? You know, I, I think we, we hear B to H, right? Business to human. That's the one area where the two Venn di- diagram circles kind of overlap. We, we we always have to remember, and this is this is most important when you're running a brand campaign or you're running advertising campaigns. You are advertising to human beings, and human beings are motivated, or their attention is attracted to things that either get them excited, sometimes scared. Uh, you know, it, whether you're playing on the fear or, or, or attraction or desires or wants, these, these are things that will make someone take the moment in their day to give your message some attention. Um, and that's true both B2C and B2B. So h- how do you take hold of that in a, in a way that will connect very much to your brand story and to your brand personality? Um, number one, and that's more of the brand thing, but then also how do you take, ho- take hold of that? And use that to drive the call to action at the touch point they're currently engaging with. You know, every touch point, whatever asset it is, if it's an email, if it's a banner ad, if it's a webinar, that touch point should be just relentlessly hell bent on driving the action you're trying to drive. And that, that's more of like the growth, you know, growth marketing side of it. But that should be in tune with, again, what is a human uh emotion that you're trying to drive or get a reaction from to hopefully drive that click or swipe or play click you know whatever it is that you're trying to drive and and that's that's in common with both b2c and b2b great stuff Uh, that brings us to our rapid fire round um i'm going to throw some choices at you and i want you to just respond from your gut and tell us which one you want as quickly as you can is that okay yeah sure all right number one advertising or abm (laughs) <laughs> I'm a B2B marketer. I have to say ABM. Um, and I'm cheating a little bit because when I, when we run IBM, when I've run ABM at uh, my current or last company, we always have some halo or brand component to it. So I, I'm cheating a little bit, but I'm going to, I'll go with ABM. Okay. There's an overlap. <laughs> uh, number two, logic or magic? Oh, oh man. My goodness. Uh, you got to go with magic, I think. Because logic doesn't guarantee results. Magic does not. But if something is truly magical, I assume that it's working because the magic trick is working. Hopefully, you've you've created the awe and you've created the moment. You've created the smoke that makes someone widen their eyes and truly you've created the memorable moment. And that's as a marketer and advertiser, that's your dream, right? You're trying to create that trick, that moment of enjoyment that is just making somebody want to buy another ticket to your next show. So I'm going to go with magic. Good answer. Uh, brand building or lead generation? Oh, man. Um, it's got to be one or the other. <laughs> it's got to be one or the other. Uh, you, you, you know, ask me this on any day and I'll give you a different answer. Uh, today, I'll, I'll go with, um, I'm going to go with lead generation. Okay. Um, simply because I think that's what is most present on my mind this week. <laughs> ask me Fair next enough. week and I'll say a different thing. Okay, we'll have you back. <laughs> uh, and how would Don Draper fix the problem in B2B? Yeah, I, I, you know, he, he would bring the magic to uh, the conversations. You know, I, I think 
again, it, MarTech marketers, growth marketers, performance marketers, this has become, this is like the new, uh, the new school of marketer that has kind of arisen and rose and out of the, risen out of the ashes over the last 10 to 20 years. Um, and it's overshadowed uh, branded advertising marketing a little bit simply because it's so quantifiable and, and there's such a microscope, you know, a whole tool belt of microscopes at your disposal is justifiable, et cetera. And I think Don would look at that and say like, wow, you are, you are like a driver in a car just staring at your steering wheel that's lost sight of the horizon and the road. And we need to bring the magic back. We need to be build the excitement back. And you will never be able to do that by building a better steering wheel. So, um, you know, let, let's put the flames back in the side and the details back to the cars, the race cars that we drive. I love the image. <laughs> And then if you could tell all CEOs to read one book on the beach this summer, what would it be? I'm still a huge fan of Lord of the Rings. I just reread that series uh, along with my son. Um, nothing to do with marketing. I just think it's an epic story. That Plenty of magic in there, though. <laughs> Plenty of magic. Still my favorite uh, series of all time. But uh, I would I would pair that with, um, I still love um, Seth Godin's The Purple Cow. Um it's just a classic for me. It's it's short, it's easy, but it really cuts to the need to stand out in a cluttered market. Um, and that's that again requires the magic. You can't just build a lead generation campaign and exec, expect it to succeed. You need to truly stand out as a purple cow does. And I, I still love that message. I that's never that's never become old for me. Um, and still one of my favorite all time books. Good stuff. Uh, and then finally, do you have a favorite uh, Don Draper moment that you want to share with us? The line that I, I seem to remember the most was something along the lines of fear stimulates my imagination. That's the one, uh, which is great, which is true. I, f I find when I am on two, maybe even three cups of coffee and I have a deadline, <laughs> I sometimes do some of my best work. Uh, it's not totally fear, but uh, I heard that. I was like, wow, that's such a great way to state when I do some of my best work, unfortunately. Um, mm. but, uh, but, but I love that line. Yeah, making use, making use of uh, everything, even the negative stuff. And it sort of feels like there's the Lord of the Rings in there as well. Yeah. Uh, Michael Butenev, all it leaves me to say is thanks so much for joining us and, and telling us all about your, your campaigns. It's been really interesting speaking with you. It was great talking to you as well. Thanks so much for having me on. I'm Stuart Black and see you all next time on B2B Needs Don Draper.